0: What's up then listeners? Welcome to another episode of the Midge and the K-NFL podcast. Host as usual, Billy. i no, sorry, my co-host, the Keg. Hello. And joining us today for our off-season talk Miami Dolphins episode, we have Michael from Spaghetti Junction Boys. How are we doing today, Michael?
1: Hey, better than I deserve.
0: All good. All good stuff. Uh, just before we start, uh, Michael, I'll let you uh, introduce uh, the socials and everything for Spaghetti Junction Boys and everything like that. I'll let you have the floor, so you go right
1: for it. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, you can find us at SJB Atlanta on Twitter, at Spaghetti Junction Boys on Instagram. Uh, we're putting up blogs every day on www.sjbatlanta.com. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify. Uh, my personal account is at SJB Michael. That's our main accounts where we talk more about the podcast, about our guests and just sort of the world of sports at large. And my personal one is where I just say unreasonable things about my Miami Dolphins, Miami Heat, so forth. You know,
2: really good range yeah. of guests on there and stuff. So Yeah,
0: well, definitely. Worth we'll no, really good stuff. Um, yeah, like I say, we love all your podcasts, everything. And for guys that listen, I'll be making sure to reference and putting the links for everything for Spaghetti Junction boys, but definitely give them a check out uh, with all their content. So Michael, we'll get straight to it. And talk some of uh, your Miami Dolphins. And so this is, can't see, loving the cat, by the way. So uh, we can tell that. The, t- <laughs> the, the Leading straight off into my uh, recap here. So the two eras um, obviously took off uh, in Miami. And to say it's fairly, it was fairly successful, you know. Obviously Fitzpatrick started at the helm, you know, for tour to sit. Um, obviously the season had a bit of a shaky start. And then I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, after the bye week, that's when uh, it started Tua and much credit from him again, but I believe it was, uh, you know, he won seven games as a starter. So, you know, he got you to a 10 and six record as long as with that top five defense, you know, um, absolutely insane. Number one in uh, third downs and also turnovers as well. It's so an outstanding defense. I mean, you had a player in Xavier Howard that absolutely had a defensive top. I mean, he was my pick for defensive player of the year. You know, that's how good I thought he was, mm-hmm. you know, really, really good guy. Uh, secretary done really well, uh, 10-6 and six. now in normal times, I mean, that's a kick in the nuts because, obviously, every time someone goes 10-6, and you're like, right, well, that's playoff worthy, right? And, obviously, it did go down to a last uh, sort of game and showdown at Buffalo, which uh, it didn't pan out. Obviously, it was a bit of a beating in that one. It wasn't your best game by a long shot. Um, so, you literally just narrowly missed out on the playoffs. I mean, it just shows how deep that AFC class is, even with an extra playoff game. Uh, but I want to hear your thoughts. I mean, it's, it's got to be a bit of a gut punch, Um, finishing 10-6 and and not reaching the
1: postseason? Yeah, absolutely. It was going into last year, I wasn't terribly on board with with the full tank. We haven't seen anything like what the Dolphins did going into 2019, where you can say whatever you want. It was actively trying to be as bad as possible. Because there was some statistic before that 2019 season that said, in the last 16 games, the Dolphins are – eight and eight the last 32 they're 16 and 16 the last 64 they're 32 and 32 and so we were just the pinnacle of mediocrity of just absolute obscurity all we did was just sign a big name and so finally just tore the house down and with that Laramie Tunsil trade I love Laramie Tunsil Laramie Tunsil is a fantastic uh left tackle but it was just highway robbery you have to do that trade there's rumors that Laramie Tunsil was in Greer's office and said I would do that deal for me (laughs) I don't know if that's true or not but I get it um so going into that 2019 I was expecting to be people saying we're gonna be the worst football team of all time there are people opining that we were going to be a that we were that it was immoral what we were doing to those teams uh to those players and so forth and so to win five games then I felt really good about where we were moving into 2021 or 2020. And so to win 10 games, if you told me before the year, you'll win 10 games this year, I'll say we're way ahead of schedule. Couldn't be happier about it. Xavier and Howard will have double digit interceptions. (laughs) Uh, I would be elated, but like you said, my God, going into week 17 and we had, what, a 70% chance to make the playoffs or something. Said, oh, yeah, all you need is one of these five things to happen. You just need Tennessee to lose or Indianapolis to lose or – and it just kept there, – there was more ors than a rowing contest. And then the number one scoring defense the first 16 weeks of the year, the Miami Dolphins, give up 56 points. Like we're playing big 12 football. Like it's Oklahoma state versus Kansas state 56 points in the last week. They take out Josh Allen. I said, all right, maybe something, maybe. Yeah. And they put in Matt Barkley and Matt Barkley shreds us. How can we not figure out what to do about Matt Barkley in real time? And that was coming off of that day after Christmas game against Vegas when Ryan Fitzpatrick was looking the other way and completes the pass and leaves us to a win. I'm jumping up and down. I'm having cocktails left and right. And just that, that happened. There's just so many blown opportunities. I mean, we lost to a bad New England team in week one in one of the most hideous games of the year. We lost at Denver, played horrifically. We had a chance against Kansas City. So 10 and 6, if again, if you told me before the year, I'd be just so happy, but the way it unfolded was <laughs> absolutely brutal. And we're not even yeah. in the same place. I, I'm I'm Tua, and I know we'll get to Tua, and I'm excited about Tua. But and people are being way too hard on, on him nationally for some reason. I have a Browns fan who's telling me how's it feel to have a quarterback bust. The the guy just turned 23. <laughs> He had major hip surgery <laughs> two years ago. Yeah. He looked great <laughs> and at times, but he didn't look and, Justin Herbert. And as, well, he look- and
2: as well, you had the 28th ranked defensive line last year. You know, three rookies on there. So, yeah, he's got a lot Robert to, Hunt, you know, he's struggling with that. You know, I mean, you've got the 28th ranked. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he- you know, touching on that line, you've got three rookies on there. I mean, did they improve towards the end of the season? I know, I know Hunt obviously had a very good end of the season, but, you know, is that looking positive going forward?
1: Yeah. I mean, Solomon Kinley was weirdly not the best looking of the three. Robert Hunt, second round pick at a ULL. Um, Kinley was fourth round pick that we acquired from trading back with the Packers. And then Austin Jackson, he was just giving, I believe it was bone marrow to his sister maybe a year before. And so apparently that had a little bit of effect on his strength and so forth. And so he should be also recovering moving forward. But, Uh, We didn't have a regular off season for an offensive line with so many new pieces no one who started last year, who was a continuous starter was a starter in 2019. We had three rookies and then we had Eric flowers, a big signing from Washington, coming back home to Miami to play guard Ted Karras coming over from new England at center. So there is, it's hard to have continuity there. And there's also an abysmal run game. I mean, how many yeah. running backs can you throw out there? Miles Gaskin <laughs> was fine, but he got hurt. And then you had um, you have Patrick Laird and you have Matt Breida and you have Jordan Howard. I mean it's just yeah. so many dudes back there and no one was taking hold of the job. And the something that I saw and, and to your point, Keg, I I believe it was going into week 17, Tua had the highest QBR of any quarterback in the NFL with a clean pocket. He just wasn't getting a clean pocket that often. But what what was unfortunate is Albert Wilson opted out before the year. Alan Hearns opted out before the year. And so you have a jump ball guy like Devontae Parker often hurt. A jump ball guy like Preston Williams really, really often hurt. (laughs) And so there was really not a lot of pass catchers other than tight end Mike Kosicki, but no one's getting free. There is, there is some advanced statistic yeah. that's for someone who's infinitely smarter than I am talking about how about how our receivers weren't getting any separation. We're getting some of the worst separation in the league, and you look at our personnel, and that that just adds up. Um, and so that, yeah. that's something that they'll have to address because he's so used to having guys in college with Ruggs and Jerry Judy and Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddle of dudes yeah. who get open, who are good route runners yeah. who can create space who could find loose holes in the zone. And we, we just didn't have that last year for him. False start, five-yard penalty. Yeah, I think you touched on a great point. I mean, we were
2: doing the research for this, and I sort of said, you know, who was their main running back last year? And we looked from down this list, and you had six six players that took snaps at running back, you know? So I think all the pieces weren't right for tour last year. And I, I completely agree he's getting far too much criticism from people down the country, you know, sort of saying move on from it already and stuff like that. I mean, it's just, I mean, it's a bit crazy, really, some of the threats you've got. I mean, if we if we move on to the sort of cap situation for next year, you're actually in quite a good spot. You know, you've got 33 million cap space, which in a year where a lot of teams are struggling, you know, there's mm-hmm. there's probably not much you really want to move on from this list. I don't, I don't really think there's much more money to free up. I don't really need to. I mean, is there anyone there, sort of a cuttable guy there
1: on that list? There is... Albert Wilson, I could see getting cut. Same with uh, Jakeem Grant. Jesse Davis, we'd like to find some way to move on there. Alan Hearns, I don't don't think, will be on the team. Uh, Bobby McCain played pretty well last year, but there is a chance that he gets cut similar to Kyle Van Noy, who is is very, very successful with getting into the backfield and being disruptive, Uh, just absolutely atrocious in coverage but was able to get into the backfield and so forth that we cut him, not because he wasn't producing, but rather because we needed that money with the cap drop and with the other holes that we have that I could see a guy even as good as Bobby McCain uh, finding his way off the roster just because of money.
2: You know, moving on to re-signings, I think, you know, there's not really anyone here that you need to spend money on. I mean, Ted Karras played a lot last year at center and, you know, maybe Matt Breida, but you know, they weren't exactly great at running game last year. So, I mean, it's not an awful lot you need to be re-signing here, really, is there? I mean, anyone that I've missed out?
1: We we would love to have Ryan Fitzpatrick back. Uh, that was something that uh, yeah. Flores was talking about today. But that's just not a great fit. He wants to play, and it's it was just kind of uncomfortable. There was a lot of speculation from the Miami media about how it stunted to his growth to not let him fail. That anytime he ran into some struggles, yeah. we would trot Fitzpatrick out there. So it may be best for both sides to move on, even though – He's beloved in the organization. Uh, Gruzier hills looking for a bigger job. Matt Breida was just never used right. Um, Vince Beagle, you worry about the injury that he's coming off of. He would have to come back and kind of approve a deal, and I think he'll be looking for something else. Matt Hack, with punters, we, we would love to have Hack back, but I think we'll replace him um, through the draft or with an undrafted free agent. You know how uh, how punters go. Uh, Roberts will be yeah. – that, that's kind of an injury situation as well. Um, really, really no one else other than Godshout we'd love, love, love to have back. But I think with a really, really weak, both free agent class at defensive tackle and one of the weakest draft classes we've seen, there might not be a defensive tackle that goes in the first round this year that I think Godshout will end up somewhere else. Former fifth round pick who really, really outplayed that Ted Karras was not good, not terrible. He was just, he was just as middle of the road as you can get at center. I I really think that the dolphins would like to uh, maybe steal someone up from green Bay would be uh, would be pretty nice yeah. to have him come down and we'll throw some money at him. Uh, or you could look to the draft with a guy like a Creed Humphrey or Myers at Ohio state, that there's options in the second and third round that you could address uh, center even though uh, that would that would make your already young line even younger so it'd be really interesting <laughs> a to very see young play. line yeah <laughs> yeah I think I think only Karis uh, has a realistic shot to be back with the team
0: no that's fair I think yeah. um, one question I did want to ask you I mean um, obviously Carl van Noy uh, got released and free up some cat and I'm a bit like it was a bit of a shock because I think you signed him to a fairly decent deal. I don't know the exact details um, in front of me, but mm-hmm. it was quite a decent deal. I think it was like a four-year deal, three or four-year deal. Yeah. And then he got cut. It was actually quite early on before all this sort of free agency starting to sort of get active a little bit now in the past few days or the past week. Was it a bit of a shock to you? Like you said, he's not bad. He's not bad in the run game, but he just he just can't cover. And in today's NFL, you need linebackers that can cover cover a rece- You know, slot guys and running backs out the backfields. Um, he just didn't have that. I mean, were you quite shocked
1: that it was cut, or, or was it a bit sort of coming? That that absolutely came out of nowhere. Um, it was that that just shows you 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 you've been hearing for a couple weeks now when we've been speculating about the cap that folks are saying, oh, it's going to it's it's going to be brutal. It's going to be a bloodbath. There's going to be carnage. You know, all this sort of D-Day kind of language that folks are throwing out there on NFL Twitter. And he was the first casualty, the true casualty of what the hell is going on? Sort of like what we saw in the NBA a few years ago when the cap went way up. And then I'm pretty sure I could have gotten myself a two-year, $12 million deal with someone somewhere. Um, that, it was the antithesis of that, of just how is he getting cut? And Kyle Benoit is a captain. He was a guy that Flores loved in New England and intentionally brought with him as a culture piece. And so for him to to find his way off the roster was was really really shocking because of how much he meant to the locker room and like you said just signing a, a four year 50 plus million dollar contract and it's it was part of it ha- a huge part of its money but what I found interesting is they could have converted his cap hit or his salary into a signing bonus and had his cap hit only be a one and a half million dollar difference yeah. uh, between yeah. cutting him and having him on the roster. So you, you break that down and ostensibly say, okay, so we could have theoretically had a guy of Calvin noise caliber for only a million and a half dollars this year against the cap. And so it's, I, I don't know if it just, he wasn't a scheme fit, but I don't know how Flores wouldn't have known that from his days in new England. So that, that whole thing is just a, a complete mess, yeah. still a pretty big mystery. Uh, and I think it's still a mystery to Kyle Noy.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think he's got this nice deal. We were shocked when we saw it, weren't we? Yeah, yeah, it was really... It, I think you weren't the only one as a Miami fan because I was a bit like, wait a minute, they just signed him to a deal. Yeah. Like, Where would it come from? Like, But yeah, and that just shows, yeah, say I mean, it's a mystery. I but... think the only thing you can
2: look forward to you know, you obviously came for a reason. I mean, there's got to be someone in free agency that you're, you know, a position in free agency that you're you're going after. I mean, you touched upon the offense. It's sort of like, what sort of piece is you looking for in free agency?
1: Yeah, I, I, I think Aaron Jones is certainly up there. Uh, Lindsley's up there. Um, I wouldn't be surprised about maybe a Kawan Short um, trying to go after him. I, at running back, I've, I've heard some rumors floating around about uh, potentially James Conner, uh, who would be in the 3 to $5 million range. But I, I really think that'll get addressed in the draft because of the positional value at running back. And not only that, yeah. but the fact that this is a really deep running back class. You got both guys in North Carolina, you got ETN, you've got Najee Harris. Uh, Dolphins' Twitter is just chomping at the bit. For Najee Harris, yeah, uh, it's it's yeah. it's unlike anything else on on Dolphins Twitter. It's sort of like draft day with Kevin Costner of just yeah. no matter what, <laughs> Najee Harris. Yeah, I saw someone throwing out third pick for Najee Harris the other day. I was, well, all right, relax. Eighteen, yeah. I'm fine with, but yeah, <laughs> no, no, no. eighteen, relax. you'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> my goodness. Um, okay. So I, I really think that's the direction we'll probably go there. I wouldn't It wouldn't shock me to see if we can get James White on a cheap deal. He's a South Florida native. Uh, of course, that New England-Miami connection. And he can be a, a pretty good change of pace as a backfielder.
0: Oh, that's fair. I think um, the oh, wait, one anyone,
1: name that anyone
0: for you? Yeah, well, I was just about to point up on the kick. So, um, yeah, the only guy that sort of stood out for me other than... I think there's been a lot of connection with Aaron Jones. So I don't know. Obviously, we'll find out soon how much of winning to pay because Aaron Jones is going to want to get paid and like you said the positional value at a running back now you know you very rarely get a running back even taken in the first round just due to the to the money they're on and like you said the positional value of and you know that I say got this draft class in a lot of categories and positions have got some deep players like you said you just reeled off some there and I feel like for the sake of for the money that I say because you've done well with your cap you know that that you, or i you've got a young team and there's some young guys on there still on their rookie deals. There's some structured deals there that that you know it's and you know the league's got less money. So the fact that you've got that at the moment is a really good thing. You know, structuring contracts really, really well from the G, uh, front office point of view. So you look at someone like I mean the one person stood out to me that I I mean I I loved his player front. I've always liked um for net I thought. Um, you know, he, you know, he had his struggles yeah. in Jacksonville. Obviously, he's a, um, he's the shoe guy, but obviously, he got drafted by Jacksonville. I mean, would you like? To, he's one that stood out to me. I mean, would you like to see him? I mean, he'll be on a very, very cheap deal. And the best thing about him, as much as he's maybe not the cowbell he's was drafted to be, he can still be productive. And I think for something at a very cheap price, he's still only twenty six years old. Maybe, maybe take a stab at him.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I I think that's that's kind of. Going to be an interesting thing to see this off season is if guys are going to take one year prove it deals because of the change landscape that you have to imagine once COVID is further under control and revenue can reach where it was supposed to be going to this year and do that moving forward, yep. that there will be more money to be had that you might not be seeing long term contracts that guys aren't wanting to lock themselves up for X amount of years unless they can get that kind of money that, you know, say a Dak Prescott has. That's always going to be there for quarterbacks. Um, so I'd, I'd love to get a, a one-year deal, sort of like what the Falcons did with Todd Gurley. Um, I'd love to do that with a guy like Leonard Fournette. I'm, I love Aaron Jones as a player. I'm just not as high on going and spending tons of money on a running back because how often do you see that work out? How often do you yeah. see someone go out and say, we need to give – I mean, Le'Veon Bell with the Jets obviously comes to mind as a recent example. Yeah. Um, Shady McCoy with, I, I think, half the league has signed Shady McCoy in free agency <laughs> at this point. Yeah. Um, so I, where, where I want to be at is I would love to focus on a receiver. Of course, Allen Robinson has is off the market. Chris Godwin is off the market now as well. Uh, but if we can find – it's a great receiver class in free agency. It's, it's, it's pretty deep with guys who can right make a difference. If we can get a guy like a Will Fuller, I think is perfect. And coming off a of suspension that you may be able to get a little bit of a discount there. I would love an Isaiah McKenzie. No one is really talking about Isaiah McKenzie. And I think he could be a dirt cheap option, sub $2 million a year for an yeah. absolute jitterbug. Um, yeah, he, he has some good I, games. I yeah. <laughs> yeah, he has some good games. And so I'd I'd love if we could get a couple guys who could get space. It was an idea that we tried to have before Tua with your Albert Wilson, um, and guys like that. And so i I'd, I'd love if we could find someone cheap who can just chase space. I don't want your big body receiver. I don't want your downfield receiver. Just guys who can get easy, short, intermediate routes and get open and make life a lot easier on a young quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, think, that you know, sense. Yeah. I
2: think that's, yeah, perfect, perfect way to go, really, with receiver. I mean, you touched upon the, um, you know, not getting that separation. So you need them sort of speed guys that, you know, could actually get open and make it make to job easier because, you know, that's mm-hmm. that's really what you want to be doing to go forward. You want to make his job easier so he does become that franchise guy for you. Yeah. So he develops, so he's not losing games. I mean, is there any sort of positions, obviously, of 5th rank defence? I mean, is there any sort of holes? I know you've lost, obviously, Van Noyce. You probably need a edge rusher, maybe. I mean, there's a good class of edge rushers this year.
1: Yeah, it's... uh, You know, I, I don't know how many times Dolphins fans are going to keep clamouring for a Jadavian Clowney before <laughs> he re- we realise that he just doesn't want us. I, it's, it's that... <laughs> I don't know if it's the uh, from the 80s with the boombox over the head outside the window of, please, please take me. I love you. Do you love me as much as I love you? Or if it's Fresh Prince of Bel-Air when he's hugging Uncle Phil, talking about his dad, saying, why doesn't he want me, man? Why doesn't he want me? That's Jadavion Clowney's relationship with the Dolphins fans. He doesn't want us. He's never wanted us. He's never going to want us. And yet we just still keep putting ourselves in the position that, like, hey, maybe – We can get this guy. Maybe Um, this year. Yeah, I I don't understand why we keep doing it to ourselves. Uh, I I could see an unverified account with 11 followers. And if it says, Jadavion Clowney about to meet with the Dolphins, the smart part of my brain goes, okay, Michael, consider the source. But then there's that dumb, dumb side of my brain that's like, I don't know. Could this be a burner? Is Jadavion Clowney a burner? Um, I, I... a i of talk about Shaq Barrett. Uh, I'd love to get Shaq Barrett. He is about as responsible as anyone for that Super Bowl win. Uh, I think Bud Dupree would be fantastic. I mean, sure, he, he just got hurt in December, but uh, maybe that could affect the price a little bit that you could get him on kind of a prove-it deal. Um, and then there's some one-hit wonder guys in there, like Hendrickson out of New Orleans, uh, Hassan Reddick, who seemed like a bust, seemed like a bust. And it was huge last year. You know he's not going back to Arizona after they just got uh, JJ Watt. Um, and so it's there's some really really interesting options. And and like you said, this is an incredibly deep class off the edge because you you can't expect our 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 best guy at getting to the quarterback last year was Emmanuel Agba, and he signed a two year deal last year, so he'll have his final year. And you can't expect that of Emmanuel Agba again. He wasn't really the dude he was last year in Cleveland and Kansas City. So maybe he turned it on. Maybe the scheme works for him. Great. But you can't just say, hey, this guy has done it one year where he didn't do it in other places in other years. So we can count on this just the same. Uh, So we do need to help find someone, again, who can apply that pressure. Andrew Van Ginkle, who will be filling into that role left by Van Noy. And frankly, on a per-snap basis, greatly did outplay Van Noy and was better in coverage, but also even better at getting to the quarterback, just had far less snaps. Um, so we we have some guys who can get home, but, but finding someone else, a high-quality guy, uh, if I can improve at center and I can just find one playmaker to get to the quarterback on defense, I, I think that would be money well spent.
2: Yeah, and I think, you know, edge is a guy. Edge is position where if you've got two guys there, it makes them both a lot better. You know, then they're, they're not getting double teamed. And, you know, I think one edge rusher, unless they're someone special, you know, they ain't going to do it on their own. I mean, yeah. you know, you talk about these sort of one-year deals this year, I think it's a really good point to touch on quickly because I saw the other day there's half the amount of money this year in the uh, free agency, like the teams have got available, than last year. So it is the worst year to be a free agent in... You know, God knows how long. So a lot of these players are probably going to want to hit free agency again next year if it yeah. all sort of gets back to normal. So, you know, you probably have got that position where you can go and do that this year, and it it's beneficial. Like you said, you mentioned Gurley Atlanta. You know, we're Atlanta fans, so obviously we were really happy with the signing, but it didn't really work out, and I'm just so glad we didn't have him signed to like a you know three or four big money contract because we'd be even a worse position we're in now. So. Mm -hmm. I think that's really important this year. Like, you've got a lot of players that want to get paid in the future, so you're going to have to keep these contracts a bit smaller, maybe you know, a bit shorter length, and
1: you know, pick up some nice pieces that way.
0: Pass interference, defense, automatic first down.
1: I mean, you know, as as Atlanta fans, you may get a kick out of this. I actually graduated high school in the Georgia Dome. Oh, nice! (laughs) Nice, right? Right yeah. there. Where I mean, we're guys, we can't say anymore. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, they right where they were doing the dirty bird is where I was walking with a with a cap and gown years ago. Oh, nice! And uh, awesome stuff. Just, just that carpet on top of what seemed to be asphalt for a field, and yeah. <laughs> uh, and and now it's just as beautiful of a stadium as it gets.
0: Yeah. No, we had some good memories in the Georgia Dome, so some good stuff. Um, hopefully, try and make some better ones in the new one that we've just spent a fortune on. Um, <laughs> that's right. Hopefully so. Um, yeah, like I say, okay, um, I'll let you move on. We'll go on. We'll go on to the draft. So we have got a spot yeah, I mean, for you, Michael. You know, you
2: mentioned about the the Tunzel, you know, robbery earlier, I mean it's got even better because the Texans are so shit, and they've only won three <laughs> games. You know, they've only they've put you in a position to peak third. So you know, you're in an Beautiful. absolutely fantastic spot this year. <laughs> I mean, we've we done our mocks the other day, and I gave you a receiver at three and a tackle at eighteen. Whereas Midge gave you a tackle at three and a receiver at 18. So, you know, they look like the positions you're sort of going after. I mean, what, what do you want to do with your, your picks this year? What sort of way do you want to go about it?
1: My dream is if we can find a partner to trade back, if what we're we're in a fantastic position because just the Texans imploded, it was it was just so beautiful. Every single week, I am I have two favorite teams. The Dolphins and whoever the hell is playing the Texans. And it just, if you would have told me, hey, J.J. Watt's going to be healthy and good. Hey, Deshaun Watt's going to be healthy and good. Hey, Laramie Thompson's going to be healthy and good. And the Texans are going to be horrible? I, it just doesn't make any sense. They're just so mismanaged and bungling everything. Um, but at, at we're fortunate in that I don't believe that we need a quarterback and I don't think our front office believes we need a quarterback, but we're picking at three, which is what ESPN, Bamani Jones calls quarterback territory. Uh, And next year, it's supposed to be a pretty good class this year. Not only you have Trevor Lawrence, but lots of people are high on Zach Wilson. Although I'm going to have to throw a backhand at the next person who says Patrick Mahomes with that guy. Relax. (laughs) (laughs) That's mean to do to Patrick Mahomes. That's mean to do to Zach Wilson. Let's let's let this play out. Uh, Justin Fields, for some reason, is just getting dirt kicked on him by some people, despite having a great arm, showing off his incredible toughness against both Clemson as well as Alabama. Um, But there's some teams who still are really high on him. Trey Lance, some are saying could have been the number one overall quarterback and potentially number one overall pick next year. But there's not enough tape on him playing just one game this year, of course, against terrible competition. And then Mac Jones can – I don't i don't know why people are turning up their nose at Mac Jones just because he's not an ace in the hole runner. There's a lot of guys who aren't exactly fleet of foot who are still succeeding and doing well in the league. He was so accurate. And every time I watch highlights of him on ESPN where they're talking about is he going to go eight to Carolina? Is he going to go in the 20s? Is he going to go in the second round? He can spin the ball. And he puts great touch on the ball. So you have you have five quarterbacks that all you need is one team to fall in love with one of the three guys left, assuming it goes Lawrence, then Zach Wilson. You just have to find someone who's in love with one of those three and is scared to death of Atlanta or scared to death of Philadelphia or scared to death of Detroit or Carolina or someone jumping them or getting them before they get them. Yeah. So if we can get – say Carolina's dying for face the franchise with that ownership. They they just want someone to stake claim to. Let's say they fall in love with a guy like Mac Jones, and they're scared San Francisco may jump up from 12, or New England may come try to get up, or that Atlanta may say, hey, oh, gosh. We'll, we'll get our own guy in here with a new coaching staff, a new regime, an heir apparent. And so try and get extra picks out of them. I think it's not out of the realm looking at past trades Uh, trade-ups to say that it could be a first and a second in addition to say number seven from Detroit number eight from Carolina if they come all the way up Um, or if it's Philadelphia coming up getting at least a second and a third so that's ideal for me if we can't find that trade partner I do love Sewell I, I I he's not Orlando Pace I saw someone throw that around that's crazy Um, but he is one of the best tackles we've seen in at least a decade and if he can a great thing about him is he can play left or right tackle and having a left-handed quarterback we put austin jackson at left tackle sewell at right tackle see what we can get out of wilson somewhere maybe even just make him a swing tackle he's cheap um but robert hunt played plays guard Quite often. We put him at guard. We can get rid of Eric yeah. Flowers or just keep him I on. I was going to say, uh, you can
0: slide Robert Hunt inside. Because, yeah, that, that, that's yeah. That one thing we didn't touch on. He can play inside. So, that's where you have to play. That so versatility is yeah, huge. Yeah, massively. So, that's my we, well ideal. He,
1: he won't get past five. No, Cincinnati no. will take him. I know there's some talk about pits with them. But I'm banking on Panay going at five uh, if he doesn't go before then. So, if we do trade back with your Philadelphia – your Carolina or your uh, Detroit or Denver, I don't want to go all the way to 12 because then you're likely without one of the three receivers. But if you get in that six to nine range, nice. uh, That six to nine range, you are going to have a receiver there. You are, you're not going to have both uh, chase and Smith off the board. If you go to 12, Waddle will be off the board as well. But so I just think, acquiring extra picks in if it's splitting hairs between chase and Devonte Smith, get extra picks and take your chances with one of them. You have an incredibly yeah. savvy, smart route runner who gets space. Like nobody's business and Devonte Smith is so good after the catch. And then you have a guy who fights for the football. Who's going to run a sub four, four uh, who is highly productive as well. And Jamar chase I just, I don't think you can go wrong there um, with 18 I, I've seen uh, Owusu from Notre Dame, uh, the linebacker. I've seen him pegged there quite a bit. Um, he's very, very versatile, which is so key to Brian Flores. He loves he loves defensive backs who can play safety corner. Owusu can apparently play linebacker, maybe even slide down to safety. We have tons and tons of guys who can put their hand in the dirt or stand up um, in the front seven. And so that versatility, Christian Wilkins, slides in and out. Uh, of the line, but uh, getting a guy like him, I think would be really tempting. Um, if maybe one of the Miami guys, one of the one of the defensive ends there, uh, who's available, maybe that could be tempting. But ideally for me, it's a trade down to six through nine somewhere. Take yeah. either Chase or Smith, whoever's there, and then at eighteen, Najee Harris. Yes. I know, <laughs> especially. <laughs> It, Man, I know especially how well he can pick yeah it is it is just <laughs> too sweet to be there and i know this is probably a dumb dumb side of my brain acting up because we should be more pragmatic and you could think you'll get one of the north carolina guys in the second round you could probably get etn in the second round Trey sermons going in third or fourth round even a guy going a sleeper that i love is Roundtree out of missouri is going to be going sixth seventh maybe undrafted that there is space there. I just think Najee Harris is such a difference maker. Yeah. I see comps to Derrick Henry. He's fast, he's strong, he's so athletic. He jumps over guys and just keeps yeah. running.
0: He I is can't similar like Derrick Henry in my but house. More like... Like...
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it, that's oh what he's God. like. It's unbelievable. <laughs> yeah,
2: I mean, I mean he's my he's my ideal pick this year. In fact, I'm not at four, don't get me wrong, I don't want him at four. Yeah. <laughs> but if we could trade down you know, we're going to have to yeah, probably end up it. above you at 18, but he's my ideal yeah. pick if we can trade down somewhere in that sort of, you know, 12 to 18 range and get Najee Harris. That's my ideal situation for the Falcons this year. So no, I, you know, I completely he's agree special. with where you're coming from on on Harris at
1: 18. He, I mean, he changes your offense. You if you plug him in. So if this this new offensive set, and we can't forget that Chan Gailey was also calling plays for Tua last year. I'm I'm pretty sure Chan Gailey was the offensive coordinator under Vince Lombardi at some point. He was there at the advent of the NFL and we just thought he's getting old. He, <laughs> it made no sense. We were just like, "Oh, he's worked with FitzPatrick before. Come on, join us. We have Flores, this young, cool coach who's bringing in this awesome culture and we bring in Chan Gailey." <laughs> It made no sense. Yes. And so now we have a new offensive scheme, but if we can get a gelled offensive line, there's talent there. They're just so young and haven't played together. If we can if we can get Lindsley uh, at, uh, at, at center there. And then Gasicki, I think, is a very good tight end. I like Shaheen. I like uh, Dermsmith behind him. Uh, Devontae Parker's a good two receiver. He's a really good two. He's nobody's one, but he's a good two receiver. Yeah. Um, if we can sign, you know, a Will Fuller, and draft say Jamar Chase. You got three receivers: Jamar Chase, uh, Devontae Parker, Will Fuller. You got Gasicki, and then you could put a guy like Najee Harris. Oh, I mean that's it's too tempting. That's a it's too tempting. Yes, it's it. We yeah. I know we devalue the running back, and you you look at that contract extension in four years that you don't want to do, but. Yeah. He can change an offense. He can make you respect the run. That's going to open up the play action. That's going to open up the field for Tua. No one respected our run last year because they shouldn't. I mean, we just had <laughs> – we had Patrick Laird in the backfield. Yeah. That's what you're supposed to be scared of is, oh, no, let's stack the box for Patrick Laird? No. <laughs> <laughs> and so you get Najee. I, you know, I
2: think – it's so interesting to put Najee like you've just mentioned, you are in a window at the moment. You've got all these rookie contracts, cheap guys, you know, you could have, you need to be sort of chasing this in the next four years. So it's a perfect addition for these, you know, next four years. It really does bring an extra element to the offense. I mean, touching on your trading down, you've obviously been very successful. Your trade recently. I mean, I, I love the trade you just made for Wilson the other day. I thought you got unbelievable value, really. I mean, what was it? It's a trade of sevenths or something, wasn't it? I mean, and obviously, you got so much for So trading down, I'm sure you're going to get even more picks for next year and maybe have two firsts for next year as well. So, you know, that does look a sensible, you know, way to do it. And you can probably still pick up a Smith or Chase, like you said.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, I I, I would love that, that trade down piece because I, I just don't see you, – you can really take advantage of someone who direly needs a position – that's the most important in all of professional American sports in the quarterback. And you don't need one. And if you can add a first round pick next year, and I'm a big two, a guy, but if you can go get Deshaun Watson and put yourself in a position where, Hey, we have two first next year. And (laughs) the the only other team who has two first next year, I believe is Detroit. Uh, So you find yourself in that position. You, you make yourself really still flexible and and still agile to make a move like that. Um, It'll be very, very interesting to see what we do, but we have to surround Tua with weapons if we're going to try to see if he is truly the guy. And I I said on our show earlier this week, uh, something that I've gotten just absolutely torn up about, and that is that unless you have... Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers Deshaun Watson, that you do not break the bank on a quarterback that you want to be your franchise quarterback. You don't, that he hasn't shown that he's a franchise. I mean, Dak Prescott ninth rated quarterback on pro football focus. Uh, I wouldn't have done that deal. I, I would have found a trade partner. And, I would have figured something know, out there. We looked at that because, deal and it
2: was just crazy. It was, it was ridiculous money in my opinion for a for Dak Prescott, especially, you know, the amount of guys the Cowboys are play, paying already, as well, you know. But, like you say, unless they are a top top five quarterback for that sort of money, I, but it's the way it's going, you know. You're going to have Josh Allen get paid that sort of money soon. You're going to yeah. have Lamar. Um, Lamar, yeah. I mean, there's going to be contracts that eclipse that in the next few years. And you really need to if find you, out if you look at whether two is that guy before it gets to that
1: stage of sort of putting that exactly. In. Because you can cripple your your franchise by acting like you have a franchise quarterback when you really yeah. don't. And you pay him as such because that's what you think you're supposed to do. Because people are so scared to not have a quarterback that they're willing to overpay a mediocre guy and it cripples their team. The Raiders, Derek Carr. How many Super Bowls did the, have the Raiders won with Derek Carr? They paid hit the Lions, Matthew Stafford, gave him a massive contract. Oh yeah, who can forget all the wins from the Detroit Lions? Then you go to <laughs> Philadelphia. They pay Carson Wentz. That team has just been horrific since that Super Bowl win yeah. that wasn't even from Carson Wentz in the Not- playoffs. <laughs> Jimmy Garoppolo, Jared Goff, they had to attach a first-round pick to get him out of town. Kirk Cousins comes in with yeah. the Vikings, pay him all sorts of money. How good are the damn Vikings? Like people just keep trying to It's 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 from that line in Mean Girls when they say stop trying to make fetch happen. Fetch is never going to happen. Joe Flacco gave you one quarterback as your (laughs) franchise guy and you pay him all this money. Yeah, he went to McDonald's. It's so cute after he went and did that. And then what the hell was Joe Flacco for you? And (laughs) the most valuable thing in all of pro football is a good young quarterback on a rookie deal. Patrick Mahomes wins a Super Bowl on a rookie deal. Russell Wilson wins a Super Bowl on a rookie deal. You can surround these guys with the talent to make them look even better. And in a salary cap league, what happens when you tie so much of your cap? I mean, over what? Over 20% of the Cowboys' cap is tied into Dak Prescott yeah, on a year-to-year basis? Yeah. And so what is that going to mean for the other they only count the top 51 contracts. So what does that mean for the other 50 contracts that are going to be on your books against the cap? And so, yeah. like you yeah. said, we have to yeah. figure out. I, I I love what you said there. One, we have to figure out if two is that guy that we can pay or if it's time to move on, like the Titans did with Marcus Mariota, like Tampa did with Jameis Winston, brilliant decisions yeah. by both. Yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> or sense. if you're going to just, jump in and say, we've got to pay this guy and see if he's worth it. But two, this is your window. This is the time, not when he's locked up for years and years and years. That's not your window. Your window is when he's cheap. You can surround him with other guys. So if you can surround him with offensive weapons, this is your time to build a super team around him. It's not after you lock him up. That's when you start to lose those guys have to trade for lower draft picks and have to stack it that way it'd be smarter than everyone else right now we're still in a place where we can throw a little bit of money at people not like last year when we had over a hundred million dollars we still have tons of draft picks we have four of the top 50 picks and we have the opportunity to trade down and add more picks i i think it's a really good position and i think we have to be as aggressive as possible with it holding number 55 10 yard penalty
2: yeah. And just, just adding to that fact, I mean, you look this year, I mean, Mahomes, don't be wrong, it was worth paying what they've paid for him. But today they've had to release two of their best linemen, you know, because they, can't, they haven't got any money left. So, yeah. you know, that's...
0: It will catch up. You know, it catches up at some point.
2: It in does. A ...position now where they're going to be struggling. I mean, you saw how bad their line was in the Super Bowl and it cost them that game. I know the Bucks rushed them really well, but, you know, the, these teams do, like you say, need to win in their rookie deals.
1: Yeah, we'll I mean, just, if we
2: if we just move on to like a way too early prediction for uh, for next season, I mean, early to tell you've got two big picks in the first round, so you're going to add some talent. I mean, how do you see yourself doing this year? I mean, I, I think
1: you personally, I think you're playoff bound, but what's your thoughts? I'm I'm hoping so. I think it's going to be a really really interesting season in the AFC because I, I think you're still not going to see New England being a factor and the Jets. I, mean, I, I think Jets the, Jets the are going to continue being the <laughs> Jets, yeah. Um, I, I think that Pittsburgh's defense, or Pittsburgh as a whole, is going to take a hit, because apparently Juju Smith-Schuster is not expected back there, um, and apparently Connor is is going to be elsewhere in all likelihood. We saw Big Ben fall off an absolute cliff. Um, You saw the retirement of Pouncey. You saw Bud Dupree uh, is now a free agent. I I don't think they're going to be back in the playoffs next year. I think the Browns will be there. The Ravens will probably be there. The Bengals could be taking a huge step forward with Joe Burrow and adding a guy like Sewell or adding maybe they add Kyle Pitts. Um, The the AFC South – you could see, I mean, Houston's going to take a step back, no matter what happens there. I mean, they just no. hired the wide receivers coach oh. from one of the worst wide receiver groups in the NFL and said, hey, you should run everything for us. Um, so I just, I don't think there'll be much yeah. factor. I think Tennessee will be I've right there. i will just backed them
2: to go winless. <laughs> yeah. i I'll just back them to go winless this year. So.
1: <laughs> I think Indianapolis will be you know, fine. I just think they're
2: shambles
1: yeah the jaguars the jaguars could i think they'll win a few more games but i don't think they'll be contending it's it's Just really get. that protection yeah. is going to hurt kansas city they're still yeah. over the cap though not yeah, only do yeah, they have that, to cut both yeah. tackles <laughs> they're over the cap still um, yeah. yeah who knows with the raiders <laughs> i i don't trust drew lock and the broncos i think the Chargers will take a huge step so i I'm with you. I do think that we could be a wild card team. I think we could challenge the Bills if we make some good moves in free agency and the draft. Um, We just have to surround Tua with weapons because if you ask the average NFL fan, not myself, I'm a Dolphins fan, not y'all, y'all are as savvy as it gets with knowing the league, but if you ask, you know, you go down to your Buffalo Wild Wings and you ask John, from Poughkeepsie, New York, how many Miami Dolphins skill players can you name in a fantasy football world that we live in? How many Dolphins can you name uh, that play skill positions? He'd maybe say Parker. He'd say, what's Parker's first name? Uh, I want to say Dennis. No, it's not Dennis. Uh, they got they got that one guy, uh, Casket. No, Miles Gaskin. No, no. one knows who our no. skill players are. You talked about the Falcons' skill players: Calvin Ridley, Julio Jones, Todd Gurley, yeah. and um, and the ginger um, Hayden Hurst. Uh, that people people know a ton about NFL skill players because of fantasy football and because we're just inundated with with that in our lives. But I I think you need to surround two with skill players. You need to likely add a linebacker. You need to figure out what you're going to do at safety. I'd love a guy like Javon Holland in the second round, uh, from Oregon. I think he's so versatile at corner and safety. He excels at everything. And I think he could be had at 50. Uh, I'd love either Creed Humphrey or Javon Holland at that pick, um, that with four picks in the top 50, and then we also have our third, we also have a fourth that we can add some guys that way. And with, $33.5 $33.5 million of cap room that could still go up if we get rid of Bobby McCain, Albert Wilson, Alan Hearns, any combination of guys like that. Yeah. Um, you can add some impact guys because this is, this is a time. I'm, I'm looking at the chart that you have of numerous teams who are over the cap with still holes to fill. It's just yeah. unbelievable. Oh my gosh. It must break your heart I mean, looking at this. We're, we're loving it to at the moment. I mean, over.
2: They've released six players this week as well. It's just brilliant, you know. They're still <laughs> 25 million over.
0: So. <laughs> it's hard. I mean, it is hard. I mean, like I say, because there's less money. I mean, don't be wrong. I still think with a bit more money, they would still be a bit bit screwed. But like, you know, you're going to have the teams like that. You know, the Saints, put all their, they're a team that put all their eggs in one basket um, and it just didn't work out, which is, just, you know, yeah. that's a shame, it, we were happy with that. But obviously it's a case of, you know, some teams do that. It didn't work out now you're going to have to maybe suffer for a year or two. Obviously, Drew Brees' retirement is going to be a massive, I think, a more of a massive impact than the Saints Taysom Hill?
1: Think.
0: Yeah, forget it. Like, uh, absolutely no What chance. are you so, doing sorry.
1: with Taysom Hill?
0: I mean, there's rumors of Jameis Winston coming back, but I'm like, yeah, but you've still got to sign him to whatever deal you're going to have to give him. He's not going to take a cheap deal like yeah, he going to did play last time for a time million dollars. <laughs> He's going to want at least double digits, and you're still 25 mil on the red. Like, so, I mean... I mean that they they don't think this it's them. but anyway, I think um, you look at like the Miami side, and, and I think you're right. I think we've I think it's really good. We touched a point this window here because we actually had a Buffalo Bills fan, a good friend of ours, on yesterday. If you want, check the episode outline. He's he's like this. He's like, yeah, Miami are building something special, and he's <laughs> looking over his shoulder. Like he said, it it could really, it could happen. You know, you've got a lot of ammunition with the draft. You've got a good coach in Brian Flores and the front office has done so well thus far that, you know, that they're on a roll at the moment. And I really think, I really think a 10 win season is a hundred percent attainable. But the problem is, like you said, is obviously you had some other winnable games. 11, 11 wins is not out of the question either. But like you said, this AFC, as much as there is some regressions, it's a tough conference, you know, and as you've got this yeah. extra playoff spot, all right, Albie, you were very unfortunate last year to not get in, but, that could be a similar situation again coming into week 17 with you've got AFC teams that are just on the border of like a nine, 10 win season that won't get in. So it's very, very deep in the AFC, but I see you guys. I mean, I'm, I, I still have Buffalo. I think Josh Allen is going to be an MVP front runner um, that we've had on there, but I think playoff bound. You, you're you not going to be a, a pushover boy in the playoffs if you play your cards right into it. And if Tua gets to that point, I, I, I
1: really think it... I wouldn't want to play you in the playoffs. That's all I'm saying. And, no, I'll put it that way. You know, you I just think on, this... You
2: know, taking that jump. where you've got this young team and a young quarterback, they're going to improve as the season goes on and you'll be ready right there for the playoffs and you'll be a better team in the playoffs than you will be in week one. So, if you do 100%. make it, you know, I think you'll be that sort of wild card team that can go and do things.
1: Yeah, it's it's... It, it just all relies on that offensive line gelling, giving him enough time, Tua taking that step. And I think for Tua to take that step and that offense to be successful, it's all going to boil down to, to what we do in the next, was it we're, we're 49 days away from the draft now and we're, yeah. we're less than a week away from free agency. So within the next two months, I think if, if the Dolphins can execute, it, it can be a quite a formidable uh, formidable team to, to look at on paper and I, I trust Brian Flores, I trust Chris Greer and I, I, I trust TuA. Um, I, it just is all going to boil down to if we can nail this this draft and this free agency piece. but there's like y'all mentioned there's there's optimism to think that we can.
0: Yeah, definitely so, definitely
2: yeah, I mean, so you, much. you've <laughs> certainly got the most exciting offseason of any yes. team we've covered
1: so far and that, that's the best time because that's the dreaming time that's when hey, you can say that? hey yeah is Jadavian coming is he coming yeah <laughs>
0: finally unless <laughs> <laughs> your teams unless your teams in the red like the Saints and the Rams maybe forget it but oh well it is what it is with them but uh other than that Michael uh we're gonna cap it off there um uh, really really appreciate you coming on and talking uh Dolphins football with us and like you said uh see what happens next year we'd love to have you back on and and see what's see what happens next year. Could be could be a good talking point next season. We'll have to we'll have to see. But thanks very much.
1: Thanks for having me on. Happy to come on any time, y'all. No
0: worries. Okay guys, so still going for our off season talk. We've got a lot of episodes coming up still. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, once again though guys, thank you very much for listening. Take care, stay safe, catch you next time.